podcast powered by the California Youth Football Alliance. Visit their website, cayfa.org, for more information. Now, here's the chain crew. To be honest with you, we wouldn't have that bill without the man who is on the line with us right now, and that is Assemblyman Jim Cooper. How are you today, Mr. Cooper? I'm doing great, and thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Uh, real quick question. How are things in Sacramento right now? For, for us uh, political novices, I think this is kind of a downtime <laughs> for you guys, right? Is it, is it kind of quiet there right now? It is very quiet. We're on break, so most of the members are down in their districts um, doing district events and also campaigning because uh, we have an election in, in March of 2020. So the first question I'm going to ask you, and, and this is probably the most important one, where did you play football at? Cordova High School, Cordova Lancers. As we know, in the 70s and 80s, one of the top teams in the country. Now, for those of us who don't know where Cordova is, where is that located? It's in Rancho Cordova, California. It's a suburb of Sacramento. So we had a lot of military kids from the former Mather Air Force Base, and we went to Wishbone, our former coaches from Oklahoma. Wow. And we also had another coach. That's why we did so good, not because of coaching. But if you, if you Google Cordova High School back in the 70s or 80s, they were one of the preeminent softball teams. I'm sorry, not softball, football teams in California and the nation. What position did you play? Defensive end, but I was like six foot three and 185 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And I was I was an average athlete. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that's okay though. That's all right. There, there's a few average athletes on this call with you, so don't, don't worry. <laughs> right. Wow! <laughs> Speak for yourself, sir. There's right. two of them. There's, yeah, two. there's at least two that I don't know of. Okay. <laughs> Ron, I'll bet you are glad coming off that uh, Eagles-Cowboys game. We haven't even <laughs> you know, talked about that yet. Yeah, and, and that's a whole other show in itself, but we are going to queue that up, sir. So for at least this week, I'm feeling pretty good. As long we'll get to that offline. Well, that's, that's, that's a good thing, because as long as we don't talk about the Chargers today, I, I will have a wonderful podcast. Okay, so let's, let's not even go there. I might even be switching to the Eagles or the Cowboys here pretty quick. So, nice. We have, we have room. We're taking a lot of uh, Eagles and Charger fans this week. We'll make room. Hey, well, actually, and, and not, not only that, that's interesting we're talking about NFL teams because uh, joining us on the Chain Crew podcast uh, today is a guy from, I think it's the undefeated New England Patriots area, and that would be Paul Dodderis from the Massachusetts Youth Football Alliance. Paul, how are you today? I'm good. I, I think it was 33 nothing. I can't remember. <laughs> you know, I, I wish we could play the Jets. I wish we could play the Jets and the Dolphins twice a year. Not, not Cowboy fans. Because <laughs> <laughs> we found a way to lose to those guys. What's that all about? Right. That's the saving grace. Right. Where all the Eagles fans are walking around saying, at least I didn't lose to the Jets. I know. You, you, beat the, you lose to the Jets and you beat the Eagles. I can't figure it out. Oh, man. Well, we, just beat, we just beat our entire division into submission. They've given up. So. <laughs> True. True, but the bar's not real high, let's be honest. This is the best of the Chain Crew podcast. You had told me you really didn't want your son to play football. Correct. Can you let everybody yeah. know what was the reason that was keeping you from having your son play? And then we'll get into why he does play now. So what, what was it? What, what was keeping you from signing your son up for youth tackle football? So my son is my only child, my only baby. And his father played football and his father played tackle football. And they had actually been pressuring me into letting him play from the time he was allowed to play. He's a late birthday, so he would have been four turning five that October. And I had put it off and put it off and put it off because I was scared of a couple of things. But the injury 
was a big thing. And I hadn't researched it or looked into it. It was just a firm no. No, 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 no. I was not willing to look into it. I was not willing to really research it. I was just, it's dangerous. And no, I didn't want to hear anything else. And it stayed that way for a couple of years. Did your son play any other sports during that time before you allowed him to play football? He did. He played probably any other sport you can think of except ice hockey. He did do roller hockey and deck hockey. Oh no, not roller hockey. He did deck hockey. No roller hockey or ice hockey, but every other sport you could probably think of, he played. Now, when he was playing those other sports, did you have any concerns about him being injured playing those other sports? I didn't. I was so naive to the whole situation. I knew he could get hurt as people can. I grew up playing sports. I saw a girl break her arm in half on a soccer field when I was in seventh grade with the bone sticking out. But I just the football thing seemed so scary to me at that time. And like I said, it was my little baby. I wasn't willing to do that yet. You know, this is fascinating. So you you basically had this preconceived notion that it was a a no-go. Football is the the worst sport on earth. He's going to get hurt. You know, the worst in the world could happen to him. Was some of that... Exactly. Was some of that from media headlines and, and like what, what was scaring you? Was it just something you had in your mind? Was it media headlines? Was it things you were reading? What, what was it? It was definitely media headlines and just talk from other parents I've overheard and just growing up hearing from, I guess, the media and concerned parents that, football was dangerous with the head and the injuries and it caused these lifelong problems and I just wanted nothing to do with it. But like I said, I hadn't researched or read up on it. I was just a firm, naive no. How did you become a San Diego, oh, see, I did it myself. A, they're now LA Chargers. How did you be, first first become a San Diego Charger fan, now LA Charger fan and a Miami Dolphin fan? I think I know the answer, but I want to hear this because you were on Twitter yesterday posting a lot of things after the Chargers lost. And of course the Dolphins are having a horrible season. You know what? Thank you for those memories of yesterday. (laughs) I appreciate that very kindly. So, you know, I was born and raised down in San Diego County, uh, down in Fallbrook. And so, you know, I grew up as a San Diego boy and that's the first team I ever heard of was the Chargers. My dad was a huge Charger fan, having grown up there in Fallbrook himself. So I started cheering on for the Chargers and then there was a game, you know, a lot of times kids, you want to be contrary to your parents. And so I think I was six or seven years old. Dan Marino was around. It was his rookie year and they threw up a ton of points against the Chargers and beat the Dolphins, that is. They beat the Chargers. And I started going, like, in the second half, you know, I started going, Dad, I'm a Dolphin fan now. You know, I'm <laughs> six or seven years old. But I started cheering against the Chargers. And that was ticking him off, and he was kind of playing with me, like, you like the Dolphins, you're out of my house, boy, you know, that type of stuff. So I just kind of played on it. And then they had these really cool colors, orange and, you know, turquoise and, and orange and so I kind of started liking them for their colors and, and because my dad was a Charger fan. So I kind of cheer, started cheering for both teams. And that's that's how it all started. You know, that, that's a very funny story because you wouldn't think as a child that's a good way to get back at your parents, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Find out who your dad's favorite NFL team is and then pick the opposing team and uh, try and razz them up a little bit. No, that, that's uh, that's great stuff. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on the NFL season, and, and maybe we'll do that one time for sure. Let's not. Let's not. My, 
I'll tell you right now, Steve, I, I just had it, you know, on Facebook, your memories comes up on there, you know, and I looked at it this morning, you know, Facebook memories. And it was of two years ago, Philip Rivers throwing a pick at the end of the game in the end zone. And I'm like, gosh, dang, was this yesterday or two years ago? Yeah. So, and the Dolphins are not going to win a game this year. And listen, I have to say this, right? I, I appreciate the whole dad story, right? Cause that's similar in my household, but Chris, you're a pretty smart guy. You had 32 choices. I know. And those were the two. I just, just want to say that with all transparency. It's, it's awful. You're listening to the best of the Chain Crew podcast. As far as the process of uh, getting the bill passed and going through all the committees and everything else and, and working with us in the alliance, um, how does this compare to some of the other bills that you've worked on? To me, honestly, I'm going to give you my honest opinion. I thought the process was relatively easy um, and maybe smooth would be a better word. It was a pretty smooth process. Um, and I know all bills aren't that way, but um, can you let us know what your experience was like working on this bill from writing it into getting it passed? Uh, how was that journey for you? Well, let's start the first day of session. So the first day of session in January this year, um, we're at our desk, session ends, and I physically run up to the desk so I can get the first bill of the year, <laughs> AB1, because football was so important. I'm serious. I'm not lying I, I about that. I video of that. I, yeah. I, I'd love to see that. It's I like a defensive was. end going in to no. sack the quarterback, right? It was. I was the first member <laughs> up there, and I wanted to have SB1 because this issue was so important to me, and it was such a part of my life growing up that I wanted to have that number because SB1, I'm sorry, AB1 stands out. So I, I got up there and got it. And then you have hearings. I mean, think about this. You're going through hearings in both houses, and it has to pass in the committees, and then it has to pass on the floor. So here are Ron and Joe testifying before senators and assembly members talking about the issues and what was important to them and what the bill would do. So it's, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of daunting if you've never done it before because you have some of uh, the most powerful people in the state that are running these hearings, and members are voting. So it's not something you take lightly. Uh, not everything passes. So, uh, you know, I was bill wise. I mean, I, I, it's my most important bill this year. Absolutely. You know, and I, I was proud to carry it and proud to work with those two. And really for youth football, it's so important. And you look at it, when people watching football, whether it be high school or college or, or pro football, Americans have a passion for that. This is something we can't lose with our kids. We can't lose a generation. So I was just going to, I was going to say that the last word I would use is easy to describe the process. <laughs> I kind of laugh when I heard Steve say that I spent a lot of time in those rooms up there and I never quite left there feeling anything was easy. Could not agree with you more. And I think it's the trickle down syndrome that you're talking about. And, and here it is in an easy step process. NFL guys, oh, you're not in, you're not in college anymore. You you're in the pros, sir. College guys, hey, this is no Harry High School nonsense, uh, right? Yeah. High school guys, hey, you're not playing youth football here, son. This it's it's that kind of uh, antiquated rhetoric that continues to drive this disconnect, and and it does not help. It does not help. I don't know if I know uh, antiquated rhetoric. That might be two two big words I don't understand, Ron, but you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> right about that. Sorry about that. This is the best of the Chain Crew Podcast. Today we're talking New York youth football ban, but in some regards, 
The band is almost irrelevant because our guest is Amanda Polici from Long Island, New York. Her son is in his second year of youth tackle football, and we wanted to get her on because I had talked to her offline, and I was really impressed with her story, and I just thought, we need to hear more from youth football moms. That, that's just a, that's 100% it has to happen because stories like hers are everywhere out there. She wouldn't let her son play. She was nervous about it, and like she said, she didn't really do the research on the sport. She just was always a no, no, no. And then finally it happened and her son is playing youth tackle football. And so far it's been an amazing experience. And Amanda, I'm going to ask you this because for those moms or even dads, to be honest with you, that are maybe like you were a couple years ago that had said, no, it's not happening. I'm not ever, ever letting my son or daughter play youth tackle football. What would you say to those parents? I would say, to let, if they want to, let them try it. I mean, if my son never played, I don't know where he would be today. He was a different kid in school, in sports, in everything. I have so many parents that come to me and say, Lucas is turning into such a little amazing athlete over the last year. And the only thing I can really attribute it to is football. Uh, it's it's pretty obvious. I mean, you're the one that's seeing the change and you're the one that's experiencing it along with him. Have you talked to your son at all about this proposed bill to ban youth football in New York? We were actually rushing home so I could get home in time for this. We were doing a school project with his friend at his friend's house. And he's like, what kind of conference call do you have to go on, mom? <laughs> and I hadn't mentioned to it him at all before this. And I said, well, actually, Lucas, they're trying to ban tackle football in New York for kids 12 and under. And he was like, what? What do you mean? Like, no football? And I said, no, Lucas, no football until 12. He's like, so that's not until middle school. And I said, that's right. And he was like, in the whole United States? I said, well, right now, it's, they're doing it in some states, but New York is what we're worried about because we're living here. And he was like, well, can we move to the state where they're not? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, let's work on getting it to not happen here before we think about moving, okay? Get out. Sharp kid. (laughs) I can whip up a lab. You know, you got a, you know, you got this lab in somewhere in Boston that no one can, can see. You got some sort of, you know, I don't know if Beaker's in there from the Muppets or not. I don't know what's going on in that lab. Nobody knows because he's allowed in. I know that brains go in pretty much have CTE. When those brains go te- get tested elsewhere, they don't. And now you're going you're gonna to insult and attack the parents? Like, what kind of humans do this? What, what, what are we trying to do? What are they trying to do? I don't get it. And um, this... Paul, you, you know, you mentioned earlier some of the conversations that we've had, you know, the, 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 the brotherhood, Steve and Ron and I have talked about this a little bit, the brotherhood, the brotherhood now we're extending across America. You want to talk about arms across America, ends across America, roll back to that in the 19, what was that? The eighties? <laughs> we did that. Dating yourself. Right? We, we, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Eighties were good. Eighties were good. Eighties were great. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, that's true. But this, 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 this fraternity, um, this is, is a national movement now on both coasts. And, uh, it's, it is a joy and a pleasure to be in a partnership with you, Paul, 
and um, to support everything you guys are doing. As, as I've said to you in the past, you know, this, this is going to be a, you know, this is a big, this is a big one. This is a big fight. This is like, this is a heavyweight bout. And uh, one last thing, and I'll throw it back over to you guys, but I love your point on focusing on the political process and votes. You don't need to win the media war. That doesn't matter. Media war actually doesn't matter. And that's the only war that are op- that these anti-football folks can fight. Joe, I can interrupt you for that on just one second. You, you, you always bring me back to football when you compare these things, right? So first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and, you know, build a drive. Sometimes they're going to score. Sometimes you're going to score. And just keep your eye on the fact that the legislative process is the actual game. Yep. All the other stuff, the noise. Just concentrate on what the football game is. And then if we go to what, it, what we're actually dealing with, we have one team on one side, which is the football, the football family, and we have a team on the other side that's trying to destroy it. What do we teach our boys every time? Hey, go shake their hand. Be respectful. Afghan, knock them down, pick them up. I'd like to be, like, above that. I know that's, like, pie in the sky for a in each of our communities, but the legislators don't listen to all of that noise. So redirecting, taking any of any of your energy out for someone who's not going to change at all, and we want to end that game with us having more points on the scoreboard than the other team, and quite frankly, I want as many points on the scoreboard as I can. If I can win the thing, you know, 136 to nothing, that's what I'm yeah, going you for. You know, Paul, I... I Love the football analogy. Um, I love it almost as much as the Muppets Beaker reference. I didn't know I was going to hear that on this today. Outstanding. <laughs> well, you know but, what? But he, here's what I, what, what Steve? <laughs> here's the thing, Rod. Here's Look, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. stir this up really. <laughs> I'm going to, I was going to say this when Joe said that he brought up the Muppets on this. I actually think the Muppets would actually do better science, but I, I'll leave it at that. You're listening to the best of the chain crew podcast. This experience that we've been on from the Save Youth Football California Coalition, you know, coming into the California Youth Football Alliance has been a an experience for me like no other in my life. I mean, I've been doing youth football for almost 18 years. I mean, that experience alone was just, just beautiful. But this experience over the past almost two years now has been incredible. And this honest to God would not be possible without you and how you set this all up. I'm just going to thank you from the youth football community in California, because I don't think a lot of people hear your name a lot in this. Um, if they read about it, they might, but it's just incredible how you got that first call going and it's turned into this. And to me, that's, that's really special. Yeah. I I thank you for those kind words, Steve. You know, it's, uh, again, I got a call from Mike Wagner just saying, Hey, we need some of your, your influence and you pulling guys together. And man, it was about football and that's all it was about. And, and, uh, I love the sport and I, I, you know, I've told you guys a few times, but, but from the beginning, I said, this has got to be youth guys leading the way on this thing, not high school guys happy to help as I can and pull some guys together and use some resources I have, but, but you guys, the three of you specifically, I mean, shoot, I think there were 50 people on a phone call that night and there's three standing and you know, that's Ron, Steve and Joe who've really led this thing. So, um, I'm happy to pass that baton when we did. And, and, uh, I'm really proud of the work that you three men have done. It's, it's awesome. We've got one in Northern California, central and Southern, 
And I'll tell you, man, Ron, I'll be honest with you. I know you're trying to wrap up in two minutes, but I'm long winded. Ron, (laughs) you know, after that, after that conversation, I said, gosh, dang, there are some good dudes in this youth football thing. There, there are some, there are some smart men in this who, who are going to, are going to lead this path, you know, because I, uh, I, I was dumbfounded by the numbers that you guys had in your program and, uh, and just the vision you had. So I know I walked away from that going, all right, th- this thing's going to, this thing's going to take off and, and we're going to beat these idiots in Sacramento, you know, and, and if we get enough guys like this up and down the state, we're, we'll be, youth football is going to be in good hands. What was the, what was the difference between his first season and his second season in him? Did you see a difference that he experienced a difference? There was such a difference. I go on to tell everybody about this. Wrestling did a huge number for my son with focus. But football, nothing has changed my son like football. I tell everybody that I speak to this, I come across parents that they'll say, no, 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 no. I don't ever want my son to play football. And I don't argue their opinion. I feel like they're entitled to their opinion and that's it. But any parent that's willing to listen, I will go into it and explain. My son had gone from being, he had to switch schools after first grade and he was picked on and quiet and he had absolutely zero confidence. And when I say zero confidence, I mean zero confidence. Every two seconds he was worried about what he was wearing and who was going to say what and what this person was going to think of him today. And it used to break my heart. But Mm. he went into football in August last year and came out November a completely different kid. He stepped off the football field in November, went right into wrestling season and started wrestling better than I've ever seen him. Went into basketball season, started killing it on the basketball court, went into baseball after that, started hitting runners and raising his hand to play positions and asking the coach for things and speaking up for himself. And not only that, but in school and friend-wise, he changed a lot too. He has more friends than ever now, a lot being the ones that are on his sports team, but his social his social aspects in school changed too, where he really started making friends in school and being more confident of himself. I can't even tell you the last time I remember my son worrying about what another kid was going to say or worrying about what he was wearing to school. He would never get dressed up for the funky hair days or the unique clothes days or anything like that. Now it's his favorite thing to do. But all that came from those couple of short months when he first stepped on that football field in August and then stepped off of it that November. You know what, Amanda? This is very interesting because I used to wrestle in high school and I know how demanding and how physical wrestling can be. So why did you not have the same concerns about wrestling? That's because my own brother and dad were wrestlers and I had grown up with the wrestling. I hadn't grown up in the whole football world. So you were comfortable with wrestling because you had been around it. So you already understood it. You, you kind of knew the dangers and the risk of wrestling. You, you just had heard all these bad things about football. So it wasn't familiar to you. So for you, there was a wall there that kind of blocked you, right? Until you finally made it over that wall and discovered that youth football is a fabulous sport. And I can hear it in your voice. You know what's interesting? When you started talking about your son and how great he did after playing football, I could hear the enthusiasm and excitement in your voice. It was great. It was so amazing to see. 
This is the best of the Chain Crew Podcast. As far as your football experience, what can you tell everybody about the game of football and the experience that you had playing it? And, and basically, what impact did it have on you as a person? And, and what did it bring to your life? I had an amazing coach, or two coaches, uh, Ron Lancaster and Max Miller. And it taught me discipline. Um, I've not told these guys personally. Everything I've achieved in life is because of them. Um, because of discipline, determination, to get things done, um, spending 30 years in law enforcement, uh, 15 years as a city councilman, and now five years in the legislature. It's just one of those things where, you know, you're going to get through it and that mental toughness, no matter what situation you're faced with. And uh, I credit both those guys and coaches do make a difference. Love the the coaches make a difference, Mr. Cooper. Um, so true. And, and I think a lot of our audience is called into this work because they're trying to make a difference in the backyard of, uh, you know, the communities that they live in, you know, we, we've been doing this now together for just about a year. Um, and it's been a heck of a ride. Uh, it, one of the things I'm curious is, you know, what were your expectations when you decided to author AB1, this, which, which was about a year ago? Um, you know, were, was there anything that, you know, what, how did they, how did the, what were your expectations? And then how did the experience meet, exceed or alter those expectations? Uh, oh, first of all, I want to thank Joe and Ron. You guys were amazing. And those folks were down here working with my office day in and day out on the phone by email um, to make sure we saved youth tackle football because there are some folks that wanted to get rid of it. And I didn't believe in it. Uh, I played it. My brother played it. Uh, I think it's an essential part for kids growing up in the athletic type events. And we wanted to really maintain it. And I think a lot of folks were uninformed. And with Ron and Joe's help and my staffer, uh, Danny, they did a great job in, in getting this ready and getting the bill through. And they came down here multiple times to testify before committees. So it's not an easy thing to get done, um, but we did. And I'm very proud of it. I, I echo those thoughts as well. Uh, tracking back and forth to Sacramento and working with your, your office was a, a really a special time for, for Joe, myself, and everybody involved. Class Act. I, one thing I wanted to ask you, Assemblyman Cooper, is knowing that this piece of legislation really is groundbreaking, what kind of impact do you see the California Youth Football Act having both in the state of California and, for that matter, on a national level? Well, I think we lead the nation, and a lot of folks were worried that this is going to be a ban also. And all it does is codify what high school is doing already. I mean, it's kind of the best practices and concussion education, coaching training, injury tracking protocols, and having a medical professional there practices, and an independent person that can remove kids. So it's, it's just common sense stuff. And, you know, football is a great sport. It's America's pastime. And we want to make sure we preserve it. And I think this legislation does that. And it's really being preventative. Um, you know, two years ago, we were faced with a bill um, that would have severely restricted um, youth football. And in the end, we've got a good piece of legislation that was really a team effort. Thanks for listening to another Chain Crew podcast powered by the California Youth Football Alliance. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Plus, stay in touch on their website. C-A-Y-F-A dot org.